0: Be an effective public speaker. Some wise person once said, you should stand up to be seen, speak up to be heard, and sit down to be appreciated. You've probably heard that before. Getting to the point is the key to good communication. But now, if you're like me, you can probably remember stories in your past when you had some important news to tell, like, for instance, you had broken your mother's special vase, or something like that, and you started on some long, winding story until your parents would just say, now, Herb, just tell me what you're getting to. You ever remember those sorts of things in your life? Uh, well, John the Baptist was never, I think, ever accused of beating around the bush, Uh, The people who came to him were greeted with welcoming words like you just heard. You brood of vipers and images like God with an axe in hand ready to cut down those who don't bear good fruit or with a winnowing fork to separate the wheat from the chaff which he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, these are the types of phrases that grab people's attention. Uh, With phrases like this, and as the scriptures say, many other exhortations, the scriptures say, as we heard, that John the Baptist proclaimed the good news to the people. Now, you might fairly ask, if that is the good news, then I really would hate to hear what the bad news is that you have to share. And it's interesting that in this Advent season, actually two Sundays in Advent, the liturgy, the the lectionary for the Christian church, asks us preachers to not only just look at these words from John the Baptist once, but on the second and third Sunday of Advent, we're asked to look at John the Baptist. As everyone is glowing in the Christmas story and in the lights of Christmas and in Christmas pageants like this, we are asked to think about these words that stand seemingly in stark contrast to the beauty and the joy of the Christmas story, especially as portrayed by such a great group of children in a Christmas pageant. But even though this fire and brimstone stuff is hard to hear at times, I want you to think of it like this. Think of it as if, Someone woke you up from a sound sleep, yelling, Quick, the house is on fire! But there's still time. I'll show you the way out. Just imagine that, you know, that that certainly would be a jolting experience. It certainly would um, be an awful thing to hear. But how bad would it be if we didn't hear it, if we didn't react to it? That would be really bad news. So in some way, hearing this get out quick, change your place, start moving, that's good news to hear, no matter when we hear it. This is what John the Baptist is feeling in sharing these words. He's got news that he has to share. He believes life-changing. He believes life-saving news. Simply put, God is near. The Messiah is coming, time to change, to transform. And he, time to, to, to move. Time is running out. And he wasn't talking about shopping days to Christmas. Uh, he is talking about repentance. He's talking about changing our lives, turning away from the past toward a new future, alive with God's presence alive with God's guidance. And when the people hear it, they respond to it in the same way many of us respond when we're in the midst of our journeys of faith. What then should we do? We have the sense of God being near. We feel it in this Christmas story. We feel it in our lives. We want to take a step along the journey of faith, and we think, what should we do? It's the same question Jesus is asked multiple times in the scripture passage from the third chapter of Luke. Jesus gives some concrete examples, important examples, like sharing what we have about dealing honestly with other people. But what else would you do? Today, you what concrete changes do you need to make that turn you back to a closer walk with God, that helps you feel God alive in your daily life? Change is hard. John the Baptist knew that. We all know that. We begin to get set in our ways. Maybe, is it two, three, maybe younger? We get set in our ways. Uh, I see it in a case study I have at home, uh, without mentioning any names. Uh, I will say to my case study at home, just try it. Just take one bite of fish. That's all I ask. She goes, no. I said, when's the last time you try it? I'm not going to try I don't like it. Why don't you like it? I just don't like it. Just try it. No, not going to try. Uh, And the beat goes on. Maybe you've had conversations with people in your life. Maybe you, your own case study, have those things in your life that you just can't change. No matter how we like to pretend otherwise, I have good news for you. That God is not done with us yet. Much more than choosing to eat fish or any other Uh, food item you don't like. God is not done with whatever it is you have in your life that you have cemented yourself into that you will not change because you have your ways, you have the things that you do, whatever those things you do are that you do, and you think, I couldn't change that. God says, surprise. God is not done with you yet. We can change. We can change because of the very message of the Christmas story, because of the very message that John the Baptist is trying to share this morning. God is near. God is near is the entire theme of Advent, of this Christmas pageant. We are waiting together expectantly for that event which brought God nearer to us than we ever thought possible. When through Jesus, that great gap that separates us from God was bridged and a relationship, our relation, your relationship with God was changed forever. And our hope as faithful people needs to be that God is not finished yet. That what God began in the birth And then the life and then the death and the resurrection of Jesus somehow continues, and it continues with us. And we have a share in it, that it is a part of who we are, this understanding that God is close. Not just in a manger long ago. As you saw those shepherds come, and those sheeps and goats come, and those wise men come, The message of the Christmas story is that all are welcome, all are invited. No matter who you are. I want you to imagine something with me this morning. I want you to imagine that God has called you. Now now I mean imagine that God has literally really called you on the phone and said, I'm coming over. I'll be right there. I want you to think about what you would be thinking while you waited for God to visit. What would you change? Uh, What would you say? What would you do? And, And I bet you know what it's like to wait. Have you ever waited with expectation for someone? Ever stood by a window and watched and waited? It might have been a time of great expectation. You might have been waiting for a loved one, for one who loved you. Maybe you hadn't seen that person in a long time. Maybe you felt very separated in some ways, but you knew that was a person that you were waiting to see. And you couldn't wait to be in that person's arms again. As we approach Christmas, think about Jesus' birth like this for you. God is coming for you. God is coming just for you. how will you welcome God into your life with great expectation, with open arms, knowing that God's arms are already open metaphorically for you? Because the good news of great joy is that God's revelation continues with you. God's love is revealed through you. God needs you, you and I, to stand up and be seen, to speak up and be heard, and to get to the point of your life. God needs you to feel God's nearness in your life so tangibly and and know that you're responding to it. You know, I remember hearing a story once about how during the Second World War, there was a small village in Europe that had a little church in it that had a statue of Jesus in front of the church. Some of you may have heard this story. And during a specific bombing raid during the night, the hands of that statue of Jesus were blown off. What happened during the night is that someone came to that statue and draped over the statue of Jesus, who had no more hands, a sign that said, Christ has no hands but yours. Christ has no hands but yours. That was true in the midst of the tragic of that situation And that is the gospel truth in the midst of every day of your life. We are Christ's hands and Christ's heart and Christ's mind and Christ's voice and Christ's ears for our world. God is near, God is alive. Let Christ come alive in you. Rejoice in the good news of God's love incarnate in you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you on this and every day, and we put ourselves in your gracious and loving hands as we have experienced the pageant of Christmas and see the joy and possibility that children place before us, allow us to know that no matter what our age, you call us to be a part of the pageant of Christmas. Allow us to know we have a place there in your story. That it is our story. No matter who we are, we are invited to rush into God's arms and feel the nearness of a God that knows our name, that calls us individually, that invites us to be and to share in ministry together. So as we continue in this time of Christmas, Allow us to know and to feel that great light that shines, that no darkness can overcome. We pray all of these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, even though it doesn't say it here, let's, I want us to just let's stand together and sing the last verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem, 230. Page 230 in your red hymnal. We'll sing one verse, the last verse of a little town of Bethlehem.